I'm Bridget Owens, and you're listening to the Waxing Soul Podcast, where we're adventuring into the world of mindful modern magic and authentic spiritual practice. It's March 17th, 2022, and today's topic is things you can do right now to deal with what's going on and help change the world for the better. Are you ready to grow your soul? Welcome back, witchy friends. Um, Before I get back into my story and the lessons that I'm going through in this series, I want to come back to my intentions for this year, for this season of the podcast, because what I really want to do is give some ideas, some inspiration for actual things that we can all do, actions that we can take, because frankly, it's really easy to talk about theory and philosophy and all the meanings and reasons behind the actions that people with an active spiritual practice take. But the sticking point for a lot of, especially newcomers to practice is knowing how to actually practice. And especially in magical circles, there's a lot of kind of general, pretty vague discussion about what to do and all of that, but there's not a lot of specific actionable steps or examples of what to do. And part of that is, of course, that there's not just one way or one set of things to do. The possibilities are really vast. But that's overwhelming for a lot of people. It can be confusing. So my intention was to do what I could this year to put out ideas. Not instructions, not prescriptions, but ideas and inspiration. And it's an important part of the discussion that I want to have around this series because... I very much believe that we can't think our way out of what we're feeling. We have to, you know, actually process the feelings and then actually do something. Not to fix things, but because nothing changes without action. Now, I do think it's important to differentiate between the things that we do for different purposes and different reasons. Like, there are things that we do because we think it'll change our circumstances, And there are things that we do because we think it'll change the way we're feeling. And rarely are those two things actually the same thing. Like, we we often do the circumstance-changing, problem-solving thing, thinking that that's the way to fix the feelings, but it's not. And that's important to remember in times when we feel fearful and anxious and all of that. That the things that we fear can be far bigger than our actions can fix. And that doesn't mean that we can't still do something to alleviate or address the fear. It also doesn't mean that it's not worthwhile to do things to try to have some impact, however small, towards the things that we fear, the things that we want to change about the world. And when it comes to our spiritual and magical practices, it's absolutely worthwhile to put our practices to use in trying to impact the world around us, as long as we're doing it with sort of well-thought-out intentions and a lot of self-awareness. And this is a really prime opportunity to do some shadow work, Um, specifically by taking a hard look at what our first instincts are about what actions to take or not take, many of which may be entirely appropriate and in line with our authentic self and our deeply rooted intentions, but probably a lot of them aren't. And this is, I've been doing some interviews and guest spots and stuff in promotion of my book lately. So I've been finding myself explaining shadow work fairly often. And one of the things that I talk about in my book, and I think is you know a good place to start when it comes to doing shadow work, digging up and, and revealing our shadow, 
is to look at those times when we are inconsistent. When we do something, say something, make some decision, and then are like, that's not me. I don't know why I did that. It's usually after, you know, after someone calls us out on it or whatever. Or the times when we say one thing, hold others to some kind of expectation, but we know deep down that we don't live up to it. Um, the stuff where we, we end up needing to justify ourselves because others perceive us or we know that others could perceive us as hypocritical. And I'm going to get back into my story here in a minute and get into how I learned to kind of evaluate the value of the actions I was taking and the things I was participating in. And that's important. But the foundation of that is understanding our motives, our deep ones more than our superficial ones. Because, and I'm going to be getting into some of the pitfalls overall of the sorts of things that we do <clears throat> ostensibly to help and to benefit the community or, or even a broader, like, like change the world stuff. But those things, you know, as without, so within. So you'll see what I mean in a bit. But there are absolutely things that are done, which are big on PR and very low on actual benefit for those impacted by whatever the cause is. And by the same token, there are things that we do individually, which are mostly to soothe us, to manage our emotions and make us feel better, and similarly have very little real impact on, you know, for others. Which is, I have to say, it, it's, it's fine at some level, as long as we are aware that we're doing it for reasons that have more to do with ourselves than what's going on in the world. And what happens is that when we get really in touch with, you know, when we do our shadow work and figure out what the roots are of our feelings and our impulses and whatever, what almost always happens is that we find more direct ways to operate. So anyway, I'm going to talk about the, like, how do we evaluate all that? What does it mean to actually put in the work to respond to the stuff going on? How do we simultaneously deal with our personal and, and, and internal issues. And then after that, I'm going to get into the actual things that we can do, actual ideas for stuff to do to help get through this, to feel better in a way that is in integrity for us on a spiritual level. Year two of the Waxing Soul podcast is all about ideas in action. Join my mailing list at BridgetOwens.com slash podcast for a weekly self-growth challenge plus all the latest news and more fun stuff. Now back to the episode. So back to the story time. And last time I left off where I decided that I was going to center my own activism around feminism, around women's rights. And it just kind of happened that at the same time there were a few people working to get a local chapter of the National Organization for Women <clears throat> restarted. And so I went to the meeting that they had to see what kind of interest there was and ended up becoming a founding board member. And we got, I think it was 11 people together to form the board. And, and it was a really diverse group, different backgrounds and perspectives and types of experience and all of that. And that really was the bulk of my activism from that point forward. And I'd already also decided that I was going to run for local office, but at this point, even, you know, the start point of the campaign was at least a year away. And very early on, we decided that we didn't want to be just like another group that met to have meetings. 
We wanted there to be a purpose, a call to action, if we called everyone to a meeting. Now, the thing is, most of us had experience working with charitable organizations, not activist organizations. And and there is a difference in terms of nonprofits. There are like, you know, the 501c3 organizations that are, you know, what most people think of that, that do outreach, charity work, or, you know, education, that kind of thing. But organizations, and, and sorry, this is getting veering into the technical, but Things like now are classified differently because it's not a charity per se. It's not it's not directly going out and helping people. It's working kind of the opposite direction and advocating for social change. So like where your usual charitable organization would, you know, feed the homeless, this kind of nonprofit would like lobby and advocate for policies that expand access to food for the homeless. But also like 501c4 organizations can't be partisan or endorse or fund political candidates, they can only deal in issues and legislation. And what happened was that in our first general meeting, we put out the word that we were starting up the chapter, we worked as hard, you know, as a board to get an agenda of events and projects planned out and all of that. And we had, I think, 135 people show up to that first meeting. And then very quickly that number plummeted. Not that we, you know, expected 135 ongoing active members. This isn't in like, oh my God, we failed story. We totally expected there to be a drop off. Because what keeps people engaged in a group, and we all knew this, is activities that make them, you know, feel warm and fuzzy, or at least give them an outlet for their frustration. So like charity projects, fundraisers, protests, and like political campaigns. And we did some of those things. You know, we partnered sometimes with charitable organizations for projects. We definitely had some protests and marches. But the stuff that was, like, really high priority for us were the things like, you know, voter registration drives and inviting in experts to teach things like intersectionality and, you know, training people on how to effectively lobby and communicate with elected officials. You know, most of the people who came to that first meeting were really either mostly interested in, you know, the charitable stuff or the political stuff. And we weren't either one. We couldn't offer people that, you know, confrontational partisan political (laughs) outlet. And we didn't offer the chance to go like, do the feel good, help the needy stuff. And I don't tell this part of the story to like complain. It was just that, you know, the reality of actually advocating for change, like go... Like going back to the examples that, you know, I lose that I used earlier. Feeding the homeless is important, but it's a short-term solution. It it will never solve the problem of homelessness or or lack of access to food. To solve the problem, it takes activism and advocacy and all of that boring and tedious stuff. And the reason that people would so much rather do the charity outreach is because it feels good and also is, you know, short-term commitment. And that's not me saying, you know, don't do those things. The vast majority of us can't give ourselves over long term to, you know, that kind of stuff. The only reason I was able, you know, I was able to devote myself really to activism is because I did quit my job. I took time off and and I started freelancing. I have no kids to devote time and energy to. And so I had the freedom to choose to spend my time and energy that way. Anyway, like I said, that was one of the main things that I did in my life for for well over a year. And in that time, there were quite a few other local organizations which had, you know, 
kind of the same thing happened, like a lot of initial enthusiasm and then a drop off and and some of them some of them imploded, kind of like the racial justice group. And eventually we had, you know, we had a rift in our own uh, group, which boiled down to, ironically, the issue of like we were actually doing exactly the same thing on an organizational level as a lot of the people in that community were doing. Because a lot of what we were, you know, asked to do, invited to do, a lot of the ideas that came up for events and projects started to be a lot more like partnerships and PR stuff than actual activism. Not that we weren't doing anything productive, but it was definitely becoming clear that we weren't, we weren't experts ourselves and that our most effective and impactful projects were really just in support of other organizations and people who were experts and did know what they were doing. And the rest was more about like, just trying to keep people interested in our mission, which started to look a lot like PR and not much like activism. And after that, I'm, you know, I'm kind of going to skip ahead and I'll come back and fill in some blanks next episode. But eventually we ended up closing down the chapter after a few years, because when we sat down and said, you know, what does it look like if we really fulfill on our mission? It, it was a sobering reality. Like a lot of what we had been doing was supporting other organizations, which had their own niches to focus on, like, you know, the local LGBTQ advocacy group and the local NAACP chapter, you know, where, where our missions overlapped, but they had the expertise. So if we took all of that off the table, the stuff where we just didn't need to be front and center because we weren't the experts, what was left? And that left us with like local issues that were directly related to gender equity, you know, equality, because there honestly aren't groups that focus locally around here. And otherwise, everything was covered by someone else, some other organization who did it better. And since there's a huge lack of, you know, avenues by which the same activism that gets done at state and federal level can happen here locally, not to mention that none of us were the kind of experts who knew how to blaze that trail, that meant that the work needing to be done just didn't appeal to members. Well, that was, you know, what was it, after all that, what was the, even the point of our group then? And we closed because it was, it was self-serving and useless for us to have a group which didn't do anything on its own just contributed its name and time to supporting other groups, which we could all just as easily do without putting our name on things for PR. Like, if you want to build houses with Habitat, go volunteer with Habitat rather than joining now and then waiting for us to have a collaboration day with Habitat, you know? And I mean, I'm sure that you know where this is all going uh, as far as, as lessons, but we will dive into that next. If you love The Waxing Soul, connect with me online. BridgetOwens.com is the central hub for all my projects, including books, card decks, and resources. Go there to get my latest book, Deep Self Magic, to connect as a potential podcast guest, and to find out all the latest news. Also, find me on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook as Bridget Owens Magic, and on Twitter as Waxing Soul. So here's the deal. There's three types of actions that we can take when the world around us is causing us to be stressed and fearful and whatever, when we're going through these tower moments. 
And remember that all of this is spiritual. All of our engagement with our inner self, all of our engagement with the world, in an alchemical sense, is spiritual. But I am going to kind of prioritize the stuff here that is like spiritual in a way that a lot of people think of spirituality. So first off, we can take action to deal with the fears and the feelings, the emotions themselves, and the personal side of all of this. Because honestly, that's what often drives our you know feeling of need to do the other stuff. It's those feelings, the anxiety and the fear and the sadness and uncertainty. That's what, you know, makes us want to get into action, makes us want to be one of those people who visibly demonstrates their concern for the future and the state of the world. So in practical terms, I want to emphasize that if you can and if you need to, see a therapist. Like if the emotions around world events or anything else is impacting you in a significant way, that's, you know, that's definitely take care of your mental health. Now, aside from that, like I said in the beginning, this is a great opportunity to do some shadow work. To start with, start with journaling, keeping note of what you feel day to day and reflect on why. Like specifically do some examination of where your feelings come from and what they're really about. Because, I mean, it seems obvious, right? <laughs> but if you specifically examine what you're afraid will happen on a personal level in your life or to people that you actually know you know, other things will come up. And same for, you know, you think about what you want other people to do, what you feel prompted to do. Think about whether those thoughts are reasonable, practical, um, what the deeper implications are. And then, and this is the important part, deal with those thoughts and feelings. Like there are a lot of physical practices which are, are good for dealing with emotions, either by being an outlet or by helping regulate your feelings. And and don't forget that feelings are physical. They aren't the thoughts that you have about the feelings. The feelings themselves are just physical sensations that we give meaning to. So whether you do yoga or, you know, go running or take relaxing baths or get massages, like whatever it is, I think I think we have a tendency to stop taking care of ourselves when it feels like there are significant things going on in the world. But that's actually when we need to take care of ourselves better. Um, personally, I like using my acupressure mat or doing a, a meditation with some breath work or using like binaural beats to, to get myself kind of rebalanced. Um, also, spiritually, I find it's really helpful to do like release type ceremonies, like writing things down and burning them, for instance, or, or even just using like divination to help give context to my feelings and thoughts. Um, just remember that this isn't about, this part isn't about changing the world. It's, it's about dealing with the way we feel. And that's important because it's easy to turn that into a bypassing type thing when we start equating our own well-being with stuff, you know, with some type of magical influence over world events. So that's the personal stuff. And really that's the most important thing because you can't effectively do the rest if you don't do that. And I haven't really mentioned it in telling my story, but part of what happened a lot, and, and I mean a lot, a lot, was burnout in activism circles. Like if you don't take care of you and deal with the feelings you're feeling, and, and I mean actually process them, not suppress them, then that's it. Like you're, you're not going to be able to do anything else for very long. 
Now, second, there's the stuff that we can do to impact our immediate environment where we actually have the ability to create tangible change. And this isn't the saving the world stuff. This is, this is focused close to home, close to our experiences. So think about the tangible ways that the state of the world actually touches you and impacts your life. And most of us will have, you know, people in our community who are more directly impacted by things than we are. Like, you know, one of my coworkers is Ukrainian and has family members who are still in Ukraine. You know, I think most of us know people who have been impacted by COVID more severely than we have. Um, maybe there are things going on which are local to you, like policies that are being enacted or disasters happening or, you know, increases in things like homelessness or unemployment or, you know, shortages or whatever. But don't limit it to just the things that have to do with whatever situation is stressing you most. Because if you do your shadow work around this stuff, you'll probably figure out that, you know, more specifically, what feelings you're struggling with most. Like, is it that you feel guilt for not being engaged enough? Is it feeling like you're not open and visible about doing things and, and you know, and talking about what's wrong with the world? So, you know, maybe people will judge you. Is it is it feeling vulnerable and, and not connected enough? You know, whatever those emotions you're feeling are and are rooted in, that's going to kind of point you towards ways to take some action, which will help you feel better. And as long as you're mindful about the real impact of it, and and as long as you follow the lead of those who know what they're doing, <laughs> it's fine to center your actions on that. So for instance, if you, you know, feel guilty for, for what you have when others have less, and you want to do something to help, like think about the organizations in your area who help people in need and you know, call them up and ask them what they need and how you can help. And, and don't neglect the spiritual element, like not in the sense of sharing your spirituality with others, like proselytizing or that kind of thing, but by engaging with a community with which you share a spiritual connection, like share your talents and knowledge, learn from others, connect on a personal level, and nurture those relationships in a mutually supportive way and work with them to do good and have positive impact as a group together. And maybe it's, you know, maybe it's an actual spiritual or religious community. Maybe it's just a group of people with similar missions to yours. You know, again, this is good for your own spiritual and emotional state, but the more that we contribute to and connect with our community in a positive way, the greater our, you know, tangible um, positive influence in the world will be. And then third, of course, there are the things that you can do to impact the world at large. Now, this stuff doesn't tend to be the fun stuff. <laughs> um, on a practical level, it's like engaging with policymakers and those who influence and, and work with policymakers. You know, some of you might have skills and qualifications that let you kind of more directly work on things, um, even if that means really making some life changes to allow you to do that. Like you may have resources that you can share on a much larger scale than, than most people. And if you're called to do those things, that's great. Just be mindful of the mindset that you have about doing them. Like the world doesn't need heroes. And, and, and no matter what you contribute on a spiritual level, your actions have a much larger impact on you than they will on the world at large. 
So don't neglect the self-care and the self-knowledge. Like never neglect the part where you take care of yourself and process your emotions and do your personal spiritual work. And on a spiritual level, consider that your larger spiritual mission, you know, what that is. Like, like what is the point of your spiritual practice when it comes to the world at large? You know, kind of as within, so without, as above, so below. I know part of my spiritual worldview is that the, you know, ideas and inspiration and such that we share with others is essentially the legacy that we leave. Like, that's the way that our spirit persists after we are gone. So as much as things happening in the world can distract us, they can definitely distract, you know, me from, from my personal, you know, the need to share and write and teach and do the research and, and, and the thinking necessary for all that. As much as we can get distracted and feel like we're not doing enough, I would say that if events going on make us feel like our spiritual calling is meaningless or whatever, then it's really time to do some much deeper self-searching. Thank you so much for listening. New episodes of The Waxing Soul drop every Thursday. All materials and resources, except the music, are copyright Bridget Owens. Many thanks to my readers, listeners, friends, mentors, inspirations, and my family for riding with me into Season 2. And until next week, blessed be and be good to yourself.